Okay, welcome back to another episode of Hers Uncensored with Whitney and Alshay. Tonight, we have my personal friend, Miss Awana Love of the Anawa Foundation with us. Hey, girl. Hi. Um, and so I want you to go ahead and give us a little breakdown about your foundation, um, the your a little bit of your bio as well as your social media so everybody can support you. Okay, I first um, would like to start out with my um, Anawa Foundation is pretty much my umbrella company for Say Something. And Say Something was brought about um, due to my daughter being a survivor of child sexual abuse. Um, So I consider myself a two-time survivor of child sexual abuse because I survived my own situation um, with child sexual abuse and I also had to endure it again and go through it with my daughter. Um, My daughter was sexually abused by my ex-husband which is her biological father. Um, She was at the age of 15 years old and I um, adopted Say Something as um, my trophy and my stance against child sexual abuse. And when I say my trophy, I say my trophy because I, whenever I speak, I always want to acknowledge my daughter's bravery for standing up, saying something for herself. Mm-hmm. That's big. That's where I say something came from. Um, did not know that this will be my path in life. It, of course, I didn't choose it, but um, I wanted to start a nonprofit foundation um, to stand along and walk alongside other survivors of child sexual abuse because it brings so much guilt, shame, and pain. And uh, once you come out as a victim, people don't understand as soon as they speak out about what happened to them they in turn turn over to a survivor so um and most of the time during your surviving it's truly what it says you are surviving for life breath whatever because you are left to go along by yourself because everybody whom you thought would stand alongside you, they walk away because of the guilt and the shame that it brings. So I had to experience that myself um, when my daughter came out and I vowed to not do that to anyone else whom I knew was a victim. So that's my primary purpose for starting a now foundation to um, promote the awareness of child sexual abuse because it's so common, especially in minority families, something that we, um, the old saying, push up under Mm -hmm. the rug a lot. Um, 
and it's hard it's, it's not an easy thing to come out sometimes survivors don't come out until 20 30 years later they may be adults and <clears throat> a lot of people want to question their time um which is something i choose to speak out about and educate those of the unknown who may have not personally experienced it speaking from the standpoint of once being a victim now a two-time survivor that people have to come out at the appropriate right. time so i started a now foundation too i do speaking engagements to any group um small or large to increase the awareness so i share my personal experience also share my daughter's experience and also to promote um the strength that you can get from group having group therapy and also counseling so i do different things to raise money um to pay for counseling services for any survivors that i come in contact that's with. awesome so i thank you guys for having me that is awesome we thank you like that was a great introduction great introduction and um i know that you know um you you've spoken to me about your foundation um as well as you know starting your blog about it and i think i think that is just awesome that you have that strength and that resilience and you display it in a way that doesn't come off as being angry about it but basically raising awareness and wanting to help um but just you know just to get into the conversation about it like how was it re-experiencing with your child because you know to go through it yourself um, I know that as a mom, that's like something I've always, when I had a child, I always was like concerned about who was around her. And for you to say that it was her dad, like, you know, I don't think, or I don't know the situation, but I would hope that the parent, you know, wouldn't be the first suspect. But how was that re-experiencing that? Can I, can I, can I quick, real fast, like, um, sure. can we... I would like to go through the experiencing before re-experiencing. Okay. You know, so maybe she could talk about dealing with it and, you know, when she came out about it and then re-experiencing it with her own, you know? Okay, like, so her experience first. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so and that's, it's weird you guys asked me that and so during my experience personally I didn't have an ex I did not have a experience so let me explain what I'm trying to say I actually blocked all of my experience as a child out never talked about it so just say the day that it happened and when it ended never ever talked about it ever did not even think about it I really put that experience in far far back in my memory and to it went so long and it went so many years to where I lived my life as if it had never happened it never came to existence so I could be in a place hearing somebody say 
oh, I've been sexually abused as a child. It didn't move me. It didn't touch me because in my mind, it never happened wow. to me. The experience as to what had happened to me as a child was not brought to realization until my daughter was mm. abused. So when my daughter was sexually abused, um, I was ordered to go to counseling. My daughter, again, was 15 years old. So I had to be... Was she 15 when she came out or when it happened? She was 15 when she came out. Um, According to... She wrote me a letter one night. It was a Sunday night. I'll never forget. And I, I read the letter. She was 15 when she came out, but according to her letter, it had happened it started happening a year prior. So technically she was 14 when it happened. Um, so as we were going through court, you know, it's a long, long, long lengthy process. By the time we got to court and my behavior in court, it was different. It wasn't, um, it was rage, hurt. It was a lot mm. of stuff. So my behavior in court I was ordered to go to counseling from the bench. The judge was like, she needs to go to counseling. You have to go to counseling. I'm ordering you to go to counseling. Mm -hmm. And if I didn't go, he was going to hold me in contempt. So at that time, I realized it was that judge that saved Mm -hmm. my life because I didn't know whether I was going right, left, forward, or backwards. But one thing that was planted into my spirit is you got to press charges even though I'm going to be real honest with you guys I always thought she was lying Mm. so I get it when some parents don't believe because we don't want to believe especially when it's a you know it was a it was once my relationship we were divorced at the time but we still had a good co-parenting relationship so i didn't believe my daughter but i thank god that he put it deep down in my spirit where he said when she told me and it was like god was really literally speaking to me saying i know you may not believe her but do what I mm-hmm. say. So I, you know, that always stuck to me. So I was like, okay, I'm finna go and file these charges because I want this all to go away because this child ain't telling the truth because I know right. what to do. So I'm finna go ahead and hurry up and file these charges so we can move on with our life. That was my my thinking. Mm-hmm. So as we so, go through, so when it's you a process. said you was gonna file the charges. Did you tell him before? I mean, because no. So you didn't Mm-mm. tell him. You just no surprised him with it. Even even exactly. though you so thought she I read, was lying. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. I read the letter, and I, I first was, you know, once again, he go that guilt shame. That's that's immediately. Immediately what I felt was guilt and shame, but it was something in me too, like, even though I wanted her, I actually wanted her to be telling Mm -hmm. a lie, but it was something on her face saying, I don't know. 
And one thing I do thank God, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I am a believer. I'm a woman of the word. Right. However, I'm not holier than thou. So I'm just like, what is wrong with this girl? But it's like God gave me that intuition, something not right. And what I do know is when there's confusion, that ain't of right. God. And I was confused because I'm like, is she lying? Is she telling the truth? So I had one person that I was comfortable with sharing this mm-hmm. with. And it was my my cousin. We grew up like brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. And he was he knows my ex-husband. They were actually friends. Right. So I immediately called him, told him what I read, and I passed on my rage mm-hmm. to him. Um, so he was like, You need to do something. I said I was. So at the time I was working, um, I was working for the school system at that time. So he again I got to deal with this guilt and shame because I got to call my supervisor and tell her I can't come to work. Um, but I know I'm gonna have to tell mm-hmm. her. So when I say God set me up, he set me up. So I called her that night to tell her what had happened and that I needed I wouldn't be coming to work. So she immediately told me, Don't come to work for the rest of the week. Take care of your mm-hmm. child. And she said, Call me tomorrow at lunchtime. So I did. And she shared with me that her son was sexually um molested by her sister. Oh, okay. Hmm. Husband had relocated their family to Georgia. Hello. Hello. Can you can you say that again? For some reason you uh got cut out when you said her family relocated to, to Georgia, Georgia and they were out. from where? Okay. So they were from I can't remember, they were from an um another CN state. So she was explaining to me that that's why they had relocated to Georgia. Okay, so um, my manager told me to take off for the rest of the week and call her at noon. So when I called her at noon, um, thinking she was having me to call her to, you know, give her a status of how things were going. But she wanted to share with me that she understood what I through because her daughter was um, sexually molested by her sister. Her son, her son, right? Her son, yes. And, um, that that was their reasoning for relocating to Atlanta because once her son um, told her, of course, they had to go through all of the motions of pressing charges and her parents did not want her to press charges um, because of the embarrassment they said the family, but Mm. my uh, manager was, you know, was like, no, she have to protect her son. So they relocated. So I was um, grateful to have to have had at that time a supervisor could understand what I was truly going through. Mm-hmm. So in the interim, um, I had to go to. I literally, you guys drove all over Atlanta. When I say literally drove. I literally drove all over Atlanta. So at the time, I was living in the cab, 
I went to the cab police. Police said I have to file the charges in the county in which it happened. Um, my daughter's 15 at the time. She don't drive, so she don't really know. Um, her her sense of direction wasn't that great. However, I thank God that she was very aware of landmarks. Mm. So I had to find. So I went to a police station in Fulton County, and I got somebody who had the patience to tell me, okay, tell me more about what happened and I'm going to direct you. Because imagine, I'm, I'm like a nervous wreck. And then I'm having to keep reciting this embarrassing story right. over and over again. So I told the story and Ari, they separated us and listened to her. So she was able to give them more details. She was holding back a lot in, in my presence. So um, make a long story short, he had done this on several occasions in two different locations. Mm. So what you have to do, and this is my reasoning for wanting to help people when they want to press charge because the world is left with no knowledge, no blueprint of what to do. And because I've had to do it myself, I can easily direct. So you have to file charges in both places, which in my case was in two different counties. Right. So I had to file charges. So a couple of incidents happened at his aunt house, which she stayed in Clayton County. And then Mm -hmm. other incidents happened at a hotel. Um, so I never like, was... like, like he went and got a hotel for them, yes. Mm. And mind you, I was aware of the hotel, <clears throat> I did not suspect anything suspicious of it because that was her um, father, that's her dad, right. and he had a reputation of not doing what he said he would do, and at any means passing on his responsibilities to someone else so if he had promised to keep her for the weekend of course we expected Friday if she's I'm supposed to drop her off Friday at 8 it was guaranteed Friday at 4 he's going to call with an excuse and he'll say well just take her to my mom's she'll keep her so that was routine so this particular incident he had told me he had it out with one of his female friends, which was the norm. And but <clears throat> so I was expecting for him to tell me to come and get her. Not that I didn't want to spend time with my child, but as a mother, we need our me time. Right. Right. So I'm like, where you gonna meet me at? He was like, No, I'm a keeper. I'm just not dealing with that. I they ain't finna interrupt my weekend with my baby. Me and her gonna go get a hotel and we're gonna chill out and we're gonna still enjoy our weekend. So I'm like, kudos to you. You're being right. a father. Right. You're being responsible. Right. But I noticed that every time he was doing stuff, he didn't have any business, he will always check in with me to see where I was, what I was doing, and where my mindset was, and to verify, have you heard from her? Hmm. And I'm like, no, y'all good, right? And it was known for him to get her. He would always make a promise. I'm gonna get your cell phone next week. I'm gonna get you some Jordans. I'm gonna get you blase blase. I'm gonna get you this. So he was known for making dead promises. So it, 
he calling the check? Did she call you and say she mad with me? That was the norm for us because I always knew he made promises that he didn't keep. So I'll be write that off as, oh, he don't told her he gonna get us something else. You understand what I'm saying? So right. nothing seemed um out of the ordinary. It was normal. So I'm like, okay. So um reading the letter, the hotel was the last incident, was the very last incident. And she stated that when he took her to the hotel. He tried to give her alcohol to drink. She said it tasted horrible. She didn't like it. And he got mad with her. And he's like, I'm finna go. And when I get back, that need to be gone. So she said she played like she drunk it. Pulled it in the, um, poured it out. And when she, when he came back, she said she was in the bed. So she played like she was asleep and he was fondling her. Um, now a whole lot of the story, I was told from one of the detectives that I probably would never get to, I would, I would never hear because a survivor of abuse of that sort is typically want to shield a lot of the details to protect the victim and themselves from judgment. Mm -hmm. So at the time I was like, okay. And through my growth through this process, it's details I just don't think I can handle. At you know, I, I don't think I can handle um, but I was told because when I went to the police station I was like well I don't think she's telling the truth can y'all do whatever so we can go home and get past this and so I was pulled to the side you know ma'am I've been doing this for 30 years your daughter's not lying so at that time I was having to have to start checking myself like right. okay she's not lying so I'm like, okay, well, what did I what do I do now? So, but I still push forward, even though I was in the confused state, I never allowed myself to leave my daughter hanging. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things I see that's so often done. Parents just leave their kids hanging. So I'm just like, at this point. He's already violated her. I'm all she has. This is where my mindset went. I'm all she has. I have to show my child that she do have somebody responsible. So I'm going to fight this tooth and nail, even if I'm left here standing by myself. So I switched my rage into a fight. Mm Mm-hmm. So at that time, I went to educate myself. Why did this happen to me? Why did it come to me? You know, I have all these questions. And it says in the word, if it don't kill you, make you stronger. So I said, okay, strength I have. So, okay, let's do this. So I went to research. So I go home and I contact a mutual friend that we both have. It was his childhood best friend and my childhood classmate. 
And I contacted him and told him what happened. And lo and behold, he wasn't surprised. Mm. Mm. So so he knew what he does. He knew what he does. He did not know he had done it to my daughter. Right. But he knew what he what he did. So for the first question you guys asked me, how did I handle my own abuse? This when my eyes started to be opened. So he said, Awana, that's his MO. He did it to you. So I'm like, what? What do you mean? He said, you were 13 when he met you. Mm-hmm. He was 16. He manipulated you and he really molested you. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I'm just like, oh my God. You know? So he said, do you remember, I'm not going to call a name. Do you remember this particular female? I said, yeah. And this is a female he dated for years. Maybe this probably was the longest lasting relationship he may have had, maybe eight or nine years. I said, yeah, I liked her. I really did. She would get my daughter every summer and let her come and stay with them with her kids. I really liked her. Why you bring her up? He said, you remember his daughter, her daughter? He said her name. I said, yeah. He said he been molesting her. Mm. He had been sleeping with her since she was 12. They're still in a relationship. So at this time, she's 20. The daughter. Her daughter. Yeah, her daughter's 20. And I said, he been what? He been sleeping with her since she was 12. So I'm I'm just like he said now you know my past which he has relocated to um Athens Georgia and he's a minister now but he had a, you know they had a oh you know a um they grew up in poverty mm-hmm. so you know poverty bring drugs and a lot of stuff so they both had a drug past right. and he said you know my past I've done a lot of things that I'm not proud of you know I'm an ordained minister now I have truly changed my life I just want to ask that you if you have to go forward with court if you would refrain from using my name because I've done some things in my past too that I just don't want to relive Right. and I respected that I, I did I respected it. So, you know, I got off the phone. And so now my curiosity level has really increased. So now I'm like, I'm a victim. You know? So I never knew I was a victim at that time. You understand what I'm saying? So I didn't really have my own experience with living that way. So as I continue to do the research, so this particular female that he dated um, was a mutual friend of my daughter's godmom because they lived in the same um, apartments growing up. So I call her. So here it is. I got to share this again. Put this guilt and shame out there. And I shared it with her. And of course, she cried, sympathized with me. And um, she said, well, I know how to get in contact with her if you want to talk to her. The I girl's said, okay. mom. Yes. Okay. 
And so I'm just like, at the time, I wasn't that really familiar with how God works. Right. But you know, when you're doing things, God will put the right people in your path so that you can get what you need. So the number fell in my lap just like that. So I called her, told her who I was. Of course, she knows me. So where do we leave off? So you were telling us uh, that you were about to get ready to call the lady. Okay, so I call her, and of course she knows who I am. And I had to, I got to tell the story again, you know, got to feel all this guilt and shame. But surprisingly, when I tell her, she was consoling me and she was crying more than I was. So I started to say, okay, I'm thinking to myself, now what's wrong with you? This is this my, this my situation. But I realized it was affecting her so because what James told me was true. Mm-hmm. So um, she didn't hold back anything. She immediately told me that he had done it to her daughter. <clears throat> he had been he had done it for a long period of time. Now she had shared with me at that time that was her reasoning for leaving him. Now mm-hmm. I re- I remember it very clearly when he called me one day. He always covered his tracks. So he called me one day. I'm, I'm finna I'm finna get the H on from here. I'm just finna get the H on from here. I'm sick of this. Da, 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 da. I'm tired of this. Her fast a daughter don't got mm. pregnant. And I ain't I ain't finna take care of nobody, baby. I ain't finna take care of no grandchildren. I ain't none of my children got no baby. So I'm like for real. I get I get it. I got you. Lo and right. behold, he was setting it up to where, honestly, to the day I think it's his child. So during my daughter's episode, I put everything on the table. Look, y'all need to check this, y'all need to check that, y'all need to check this. And um, so I turned over her name. At this point, I had to turn over James' name. Um, I know he asked me not to um, include him in anything, but um, nothing had to incriminate himself, which is why I felt like he told me he didn't want to be involved because he had changed his life. And I understand that. However, I felt like being a friend of mine and his, and you are a man in ministry, you should want justice just as much as I do right so I'm gonna kind of speed forward a little bit um we start going through the process they started making calls um she told me if you need me I'll testify with you blase blase I said you know you need to get help for your daughter do what I'm doing for my daughter so your daughter can get some peace so that you can get some peace um but her daughter was in a relationship with him ain't she okay i we didn't know this at this time i did now now they know it i did not know it okay i did not know it so at this time he had been involved with this young girl for so long she was mad with her mom because her mom is still dealing with him too all her mom do is just 
moved it just moved away from him but she's still dealing with him too so the young lady is so upset with her mom she he has manipulated her soul to where she felt like her mom was taking her man so and that part I found out about because once again God are putting people in my path my daughter's godmother best friend is the godmother of the daughters so the so she been knowing that this was happening she was like i'm so glad it finally came out because they confided in her maybe like a few years prior so my immediately reaction to the mom is when you found out, why didn't you call the police? That other time I'm sitting here thinking like you, <clears throat> all these adults who could be accountable know about this situation and nobody's doing anything. Right. Mm-mm. So her reasoning was, I just wanted to put this behind me and move on with my life. And I just want some clarity. I gotta catch this. Are you saying that the mother and the daughter were in a romantic relationship with him at the same time? Yes. Mm. So I'm like, okay, God, this is so at this point, I know my steps are order. Cause this ain't this this just not a task. This ain't just by uh coincidence. I at this point in time, I knew, God, you want me to do something with this. Because mm-hmm. see, now I'm mad as hell. I'm mad as hell. I want to fight. I want to fight everybody involved. I want to fight everybody that do. I'm, I'm mad. Right. So, 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 how long was this process up until the point to where you are now? I mean, like, not now, but where you are now in the story. She's still 15. This is like a month after she told me. Okay, okay. So you learn all this other information within a month. Yes, within a month. Okay. Yes. And you see how as soon as you heard about it, you jumped on it and you making you making moves to try to rectify and help your daughter. Like that's right. my immediate thought. Like, what are we gonna what's how are we taking action? Right. And my my thoughts for others is because I did not don't don't give me no accolades or no kudos for anything. Nothing was me, honestly, because if it was left up to me, I care a 45, me and that would have went to work. But mm. God put it in my spirit to where he said, I need you to fight. It's not just fighting. I was just not only fighting for myself because what I did not realize when I started counseling, all of these um, all of these, my my attic was getting ready to be unloaded because I have yet to share with you how I found out about my own personal experience mm-hmm. right, outside right, right. outside of him. Right. Mm. So it was like God was like, now this is the time you got to fight. I always fought as a kid. Every time we went outside. Either me and the girls, we jumping on these little boys or me and the girls fighting each other. I just always fight and I used to get a whipper all the time. Why are you always fighting? But I never knew that. But I realized why God put that fight in me. Right. Hmm. 
So at this time, I'm like, okay, let's go. Let, let's let's do this because it's too much now. So I went back to her. I got more questions. I said, okay, you did call the police because you didn't want to ruffle nobody's feathers. Okay, don't get it, but get it. Next question. Did you tell his mom? My reasoning and my concern for whether or not his mom knew was because his mom always stood in the gap for him. Mm. So anytime he didn't show up or he fell short with something, whether it was buying something, whether it was him being on daddy duty for the weekend, she, I know he did, I'll do it. I'll just do it. I'll just do it. I'll just do it. So I'm like, did you tell her? She said, yes, I told her. So now I'm mad, I'm, I'm mad even more because now what that tells me is this woman, uh, she the one told me to let him keep her that weekend. Mm. And so now I'm mad with her too. I want to fight her too. Because you being a grandmother, you're supposed to be what my definition of a grandmother is, is a woman of wisdom, a teacher. Right. So what you have, what she has now became to me was, she's a predator as well. Right. Because you know your son has done this before. Why would you allow me to allow my daughter to go with him unattended. So quickly and behold, the female contacted them and told them I contacted her. They threatened her and she immediately sent me a text that not to contact her ever again. She didn't want to have anything to do with anything. She just want to move on with her life and be happy. So at that time, all bets are off. I give all of her information to the DA. Because you may not want to do it for me, but they can make you do it. Mm -hmm. So I did that. But because how the law was set at that time and how it is still set up, it it caters more to the predator versus the victim. So again, my daughter was 15 at that time. At that time, the law stated that a 15-year-old could consent. Mm -hmm. But my whole issue was to her dad. Right. Right. But the law is not set up to where it actually um, give a specific label. So if she wanted to consent to her dad, she could. She, cause she wow. was she was of the consenting age. Wow. Now, what I have lived to learn is the. But when it started, she was fourteen, though. Exactly, you're exactly right. However, all the evidence, you know, we have to go in the court of law, and I know, um, Whitney, you'll be a little more familiar with this because we sit in court all the time and get agitated when stuff get thrown out. Right. So according to how the court works, evidence have to prove itself. And remember, I only had evidence at 
after age 15. I didn't have any documented evidence that it happened at 14. So they had to go with the age of 15, which at that time, um, she could consent. So his charges got reduced to cruelty to children in the third degree and sexual battery. Oh my goodness. So that's like a re-traumatization for her. And you. Exactly. And it's so in the message that you can get. I can do whatever I want to do. Mm-hmm. Right. Stand by for episode two.